listen, it's a whole new world. It's a new dawn. It's a new day. It's a new life for us. And we're That's right. That. What better way to celebrate than to just bring this week's guest right on in from the top because we want all of his takes on this oh, week's events. Oh, my goodness. Actor, yep. comedian, writer, podcaster, living legend. Swimsuit model. People always Swimsuit forget that. model. Host of the Gay VN Gay Porn Awards, which we That's right. all about. Mm-hmm. Alec Mappa. Hi, everybody. How are I you? also have a new uh, podcast, a mental health podcast that I started last summer called Ooh. Alec Mappa, Hot Mess with Matthew Dempsey, psychotherapist. And oh, uh, oh we bring pretty out privilege. Our, all our celebrity pals and um, talk about mental health. And uh, the reason the show is called Hot Mess is that I was listening to too many wellness podcasts that kind of threw pink paint over everything that you could just kind of yeah. get into a lavender tub and with rose quartz uh-huh. and everything was going to be fine. And and the truth is when you decide to get better, it's messy. Right. That's right. Yeah. Does it in, does it in any way uh, serve as a substitute for actual therapy for you? No, we have a disclosure uh, on the show. We actually had to say that this is not a substitute for actual therapy, um, although we do have an actual therapist on the show. Do you know Matthew Dempsey? Sure. I know of him, yes. Oh, yeah. yeah, he's yummy. He has two master's degrees from Columbia, and he's really, really kind of terrific at breaking things down. And uh, during the last year, we primarily spoke with people who made themselves busy during the pandemic because they felt that without a job, they had to write a novel or they had to learn how to make sourdough bread. There was this, there was this tremendous push to overachieve because taken away, with, with our occupations taken away, people felt like I have to compensate somehow. And, and so much of the counseling lately, for him as a therapist and for my therapist as well, is like you don't have to write the next great American novel in order to be lovable or, or yeah. worthy of engagement. And uh, it's, it's amazing how, much, how many people, though, I mean, really have felt during this pandemic, if, if I'm not busy, I'm a piece of shit. Yeah, we're, we are products. We are, we are nothing if we're not producing something in this mm-hmm. country. And mm-hmm. so now that we have all this free time, yep. everyone's trying to fill the free time with fucking products. I'm not. I nap every yeah. day. Yeah. Good. And w- earlier in the pandemic, you did now. you feel any of that pressure to create something, take up a new hobby, learn something? You know what? I, I think a couple of years ago, I even we used to say this aloud. I love a nap that I've earned. Do you know what I feel like? If, if, I, if I'm tired because I've been busy, but now I, I nap just because I like napping. You know, all those Spaniards can't be wrong. Thank sure. you. This, this Thank is you. how they live all year long. They get up. I get up in time for happy hour. Start mm-hmm. cooking at five. We watch Game of Thrones. It's 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 turned out to be actually a very nice life. It's not a bad thing, and I think if we if we really stick to our guns, we can make America Spain. <laughs> I, I like that schedule. I like I like a normalized lunchtime wine. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I like I like a three p.m. nap. Yeah, I like you know true. I I'm I I can't stay up this late anymore, but I like when I'm there and I have dinner at eleven p.m. at eleven o'clock. And just walk around the city, just kind of walk around the city yeah. and close shop at one twelve thirty. You know, I just kind of fuck off for the rest of the afternoon. It's a beautiful thing. What a Maybe beautiful. we will emerge from this, you know, after a post-vaccine, a little bit more Spanish. 
culturally. <laughs> and that would not I, be a bad yeah. thing. But you know what? I think I think it's also it's uh, you know I, I don't know I can't speak to the rest of the country, but so much of Los Angeles is about externals, what what everybody else has achieved or where they're going or what they're wearing. It's, it's certainly that way with social media, and I think this has been a great equalizer this year. You know, oh, you're not you're home too. Your yep. your your income is stopped too. <laughs> so. I, I think, if anything, it's just, it just kind of humanized everybody. And in fact, it's made the people who have tried to appear like they're doing so much seem a little like, hmm, it's, 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 it's less attractive now to me somehow. Exactly. What's your problem? Yeah, exactly. Speaking of, you know, uh, the way people are presenting their lives during mm. COVID, what is your feeling about um the gaze over the, the gaze over COVID movement, um, uh, you know the the phenomenon of gays having parties uh, and you know what if you read the Velvet Rage, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh-huh. it's not just about the party. It's right. I mean those parties. I've been to those parties. Um, I used to work at those parties. I was an Atlantis comedian for years and years, so I've been to those parties all over the world. And it's a phenomenon that, as far as I'm concerned, it's a great place to visit as like an anthropological study. And and I can say that, and I'm not patronizing, it's just that I've never been one of those boys. I liked being a part of the party. I liked being invited to the party. But when it came right down to it, I looked at everybody and I'm not one of these boys. Um, Just because that's never been my currency. Uh, To be kind of a, uh, to have the body and to have the circuit party body and uh, 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 to have that group of friends that is exclusively hot and and muscly, that's coming from a really, that's coming from a really, I'm trying to find the appropriate word. A needy isn't the right word, but it's it. That's coming from a need to be accepted, a yes. deep seated need to be accepted. And and when I when I said to you know nobody feels like they're enough, that's doubly true for queer kids growing up. It's like you are never accepted essentially as who you are. And so a lot of queer people grow up with the need, I have to be Gaga. I have to be a superstar. I have to be amazing. It's not enough for me to be me. And I can say that because that was me for most of my adult life. And then you come to LA and then you don't work for three years and then you have to figure out who you are. You know, you have to figure out who you are without the job, without the car, without the body, without any of those things. And then you find out what your currency is just as a, just as a human being. And um, so when I see those things, I'm, I, I get it. I'm strangely not judgmental. I get the, because when you go to those parties, I don't, who, who's been with Circuit Party? Raise your hand. Just uh, to. I've been to the white party once, but not by choice. Yeah. So. Yeah. You didn't go there a bunch. You didn't, you weren't like a Dave Holmes. No, 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 no. No, I am about to combust from self-consciousness at all times, just everywhere <laughs> in the world. So there, I feel like I, I, that it's just there's no way that it would be anything other than torture. Yeah, well, you I'm know, curious certainly, but it's, no, you know, it, it is fun. And then there is there is um, you know, you add on top of it drugs, you add on top of it booze or whatever you're taking, and it's it's a euphoric experience. You know, it's yeah. kind of like. It is, it is the closest you'll feel to being kind of um, young and beautiful and amazing and you get the high off of that. But, you know, like most highs, it doesn't last and it doesn't really ever kind of penetrate the, the real need 
to, 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 to engage. You know, you can still mm-hmm. attend those yeah. things and feel lonely. You can still attend those things and have a billion people around you and still feel sad. You know, it's, it's, um, it's, it's, it's a thing. And so when I saw the gays in COVID, I was like, well, here we go. I mean, that outweighs, that need outweighs the need to be safe. But, you know, it's nothing new. I mean, I, you know, was in New York during the 80s and there were people who were still going to bathhouses. There were people who were still having unsafe sex. There were people who still, you know, who, who would not participate in any of the safe sex guidelines because they still wanted to engage in that way. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I look at those, those photos, and I feel like we just talked about this, but the, those Instagram photos of like, you know, it's 30 guys and they're in a, you know, a big house in Palm Springs and here they all are posing around the white leather sofa and nobody has a shirt on and everyone has the exact same body. And and I see those pictures and I feel actual physical stress (laughs) for everybody involved. I I just, I feel, I feel their fear radiating off of the picture, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And also, you know what it's, I tell my kid, Instagram isn't real. It's not real. Yeah. It's a version. What? It's, it's, it's a version of, it's always going to be a version of what somebody wants you to see. And it's, yeah. and I think it, it's hard right now. Kids are stressed out. Like you said, you were stressed out looking at that photo. Kids are stressed out because they're presenting narratives themselves that aren't connected to real things. And so you yeah. either don't feel like you can live up to other, to a person's, you know, Instagram, or you feel you can't live up to your own because it's not based on anything real. And are you at, at this point in your life still susceptible to that yourself? Um, I get jealous sometimes. I, you know, my, my first, you know, if, uh, and I have to tell myself, wish somebody well. You know, when mm. somebody announces they got a job or I got a deal or something, I'm going, wish them well. Because when this happens to you, you're going to want people to be happy for you. And I think jealousy is, uh, is based on a scarcity consciousness. It's based on there's not enough for everybody and that you're not going to get what's yours. You know, it's, right, it's right. very greedy and I don't want to be that person. So, um, yeah, I, I would say that I'm susceptible, but I think there is a part of me that has to be, I do have to remind myself that this isn't real. It's not real. It's, it's, but I, what are your thoughts on Instagram? I love it. I get lost in it. I like it I'm too. Just, I like it too. I, I find it to be less, toxic than Twitter, which immediately puts me in a terrible mood and yet I can't go. Oh, Jerry, I've come, I've um, like started to wade back into Twitter, into my, pre, my pre-Trump Twitter uh, uh, tweeting okay. habits. Cause like during the Trump administration, I, I timed myself. It, it literally would take me five minutes to lose the will to live. Mm-hmm. I, was on Twitter. I just, oh, it. Rough. I, can't, I can't, this is horrible. It was rough. Yeah, I have the timer, you know, a social media timer that after, 15 minutes, uh, you know, I, I'm 15? blocked. 15? You're very good. But I override it every single day. Same. Uh-huh. Yeah, same. So, Mine's 30. Sometimes I override it before lunch. I'm a bad person. Oh, all the time. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, going back to mental health, mm. before we got on, I was in therapy, not to brag, uh, and I was talking about, you know, all the shit that you talk about in therapy, but at some point he was like, well, what's, what, what else do you have? What's up today? And I said, well, I'm doing a podcast after this. We're interviewing Alec Mappa. And he said, Alec Mappa from M Butterfly. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, yes. Which I knew, but it, you know, I've, I've, I've almost forgotten that. Is your therapy a very, very old person? <laughs> 
he is a, he is a you know a, a a gentleman who is you know older than us of a certain and, age. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah and very nice. And he's and uh, he's a big fan. Oh. And I'm I'm so glad that he brought it up because otherwise I wouldn't have even thought to go back to that beginning for you. Yeah, it was and, a child star on Broadway. Yeah, you were you were so young and. Mm-hmm. I know it was it was obviously a huge break, mm-hmm. um, but what was what did life look like for you right before that happened? Right before that, I was at NYU. Right before, oh. and I I'd done um, one movie and an ABC after school special, and that's it. Oh, so you I didn't got... have this period after college of like the the suffering and the waiting the tables, like it? No, it, it, it I had that of... after M Butterfly. <laughs> So that's a, that's a real crash. Yeah, no, I was on Broadway and then I did the national tour and then I came out here and my business manager stole all my money. My, my um, boyfriend dumped me. My uh, a mother died all within the span of six months. So I couldn't have crashed bigger. We were talking about that on the show earlier that it's like, that was like the most depressing time of my life. But it, at the same time, it gave me a lot of gifts. It gave me a lot of, I, I was like 28, 26 like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I didn't know who I was outside of a job. I only felt good about myself if I was working. I only felt good about myself if I had a boyfriend. I had to have some external kind of placard to kind yeah. of signify me as a worthwhile person. Mm-hmm. So what were the tools or was it therapy or what, what, what? I had to go to, um, well, I was with a, a, a really hot guy who was amazing in bed and just the worst, meanest boyfriend ever. And I couldn't leave him. And it wasn't as if I was like, I have no idea this is happening. I knew he was terrible. I yeah. knew he wasn't a good guy. And I still kept going to see him. So finally, I bought a whole bunch of Marianne Williamson books. And Smart. I went to um, Codependence Anonymous. And I was, which is now called uh, Sex and Love Addiction, S-A-A. Yeah. And uh, I would hear people talk about their problems and all of a sudden I had objectivity. I'd say, well, your problem is you have no sense of self. And if you had that, you wouldn't need so-and-so. And I was like, oh, that's me. So it was through going to those meetings that I was like, I could, I could see my own problems clearly. I could see the situations I was I was putting myself in. And I think that um, before that, I really didn't have any boundaries in terms of men. I just needed to be with one, you know? And because of that time, all of a sudden, I never had deal breakers before in relationships. I never said, okay, that's a deal breaker. Yeah. He's not honest. Yeah, that's a deal breaker. He's not out to his parents. That's a deal. I never had any of those things before. And I, and I also, I didn't know how to be alone. I didn't know how to be alone. I couldn't. And so I was single for a super, super long time, had an idea, had boundaries, had an idea of who I wanted to be with and what kind of person I wanted to be. And then I met my husband and I thought that that was just going to be a booty call for a summer. And we've been together for 19 years. 19 years. How did you guys meet? Um, I was doing a play at the taper and he was the intern. He was the Monica Lewinsky intern that I seduced. And uh, well done. And uh, 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 we exchanged phone numbers. And I really, honestly, I was like, I'm never going to see him again. That's, that's silly. And then he called me and we went on a date. We, he took me out to dinner in West Hollywood at an Italian restaurant that's no longer there. Mm-hmm. And then we went to see uh, uh, The Rock in The Scorpion King at The, at the Hollywood um, Chinese. So The Rock brought us together. 
I'll be damned. Like yeah. only the rock well done, do Michael Bay. Bringing people together, The Rock. That's fair. Now, wait, the movie or was Dwayne The Rock Johnson like putting his no, hands Dwayne and feet the rock in cement? In the movie, Scorpion King. Oh, the Scorpion King. Yeah. Okay. Very good. For Scorpion King, it's, it's not very good. Faintly, faintly remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a really mummy spinoff. Of, uh, it's bad CGI. He's grafted onto a scorpion and it does, it look, he looks like a video game. That sounds terrible. Yeah. That sounds truly terrible. So we are speaking the day after the inauguration. Yes. And all of its attendant parties. How are you yes. feeling? Um, a relief, nothing but relief. We were up first thing in the morning. Um, yeah. My husband said it was the first Wednesday this month that wasn't a complete shit show. It's just- It's true. Right. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, you know, it was a relief for me because you know, I, I love the Capitol. I love going there. It's an exciting place. You know, I was lobbying there uh, a couple of years ago for the Every Child Deserves a Family Act to end discrimination in um, foster care and adoption. And the, the hive that is the capital of people crafting policy and effecting change, I get it. It's sexy, you know? And there's a lot of gay guys at the Capitol. And you can tell who they are immediately. If I can see your, the shape of your butt through your suit, you go to my church. Like, all the gay guys were like dressed impeccably and all the straight guys were in like some shitty suit from men's warehouse yep. that was you know, ill-fitting. It was in there looking, you know, yeah. So um, it was, I was, I was relieved. I was, I feel like the adults are back in the room. Yeah. And um, I, we talked in therapy too, that a, a, a roller coaster is supposed to last two minutes, three minutes tops. And we've been on one for four years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, just to kind of wake up in the morning and not have to doom scroll about what he said or what he's up to and what he's gotten away with. I think that was the hardest thing in the last four years to have nothing but evidence presented before you that would incriminate any person on the street and seeing him get away with one thing after another. It was yeah. it just made me feel really cynical about the entire process. It was a motherfucker finding out that everything that you thought was a rule. It's kind of just a gentleman's agreement. And if you're yes. not a gentleman, you don't have to abide by that agreement. You can and have, you don't have to be a gentleman. You can have an event in front of the White House. You could, uh, yeah. you could have a hotel down the street. It's like, yeah. no, you can't. You yeah. can't. And just like, if, yeah. yeah, the everyday thing of like, he's lying. We're being lied to. And, and, and it seems like at the very, very end, for him to be fact-checked on things, Mm-hmm. At the very, very end for, for Twitter to finally say, this may or may not be true. <laughs> it's, it's kind of like, you know, that scene in, in Death Becomes Her where Meryl Streep goes, now a warning. It just, yes. yeah, it was like, uh, so, you know, now we, he's inherited a mess. But, um, you know, one of the hearings that I attended in Washington was um, white supremacy hate groups were not being classified as terrorists. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were a brown person and you held up people and you were shot, it was immediately classified as a terrorist act. Uh, Dylan Roof at the Emanuel Church was not classified as a terrorist. Um, and it, basically, if you were white, you were not classified as a terrorist. So hopefully that will change. And, and I think that that has to be taken seriously. You know, January 6th has told us that these people are nuts. They're living in an alternate universe. They, they've, they, I, I looked at that and I was like, that's what you really believe. You really believe that this is real. Like, uh-huh. yeah. And, and you believe, yeah. And you believe, and, and you're right to believe that right. you won't be punished. 
because you've never you've never had consequences really for your actions. Mm, the yeah. the, the woman the 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 realtor who put her own contact info on the internet live as she was, you know, storming the Capitol and breaking right. windows and shit. Right. She doesn't like, she's flirted her way out of a speeding ticket. She has, you know, <laughs> whiteness. I, I said this to my brother, like that is whiteness. And, yeah. and, and he had never heard that before. And he was like, well, you're white and I'm white. I was like, yeah, I know. But that is that whiteness is a different thing. Like privilege yeah. Acted out in that way is a different thing. That's what oh, it yeah. is. When people are I talking mean, about white, pri- that's I mean, what it is. I mean, you all watching it, that if they had all been black, they would have not gotten within 10 oh. feet of the building. Oh, no fucking question. They would have all been dead. And just, no just question. Question. taking self- Elon Omar and just making that, yeah. Lauren Boebert doing a whole video about how she's going to be packing when she's on the, the Capitol floor. Non-white people don't get to do that. Right. That's right. It's, uh, and she shouldn't either. Right. I'm ready for Lauren, her to shuffle off the stage. What's going to happen to her? I mean, really, what's going to happen? She's going to get a job at Gogurt. Are they going to be censured? What's, what's going to happen? I don't know. I don't fucking know. I just yeah. don't know. There need to start being fucking consequences. Yeah. But they're not going to take it. They're not going to take to it well because now you just call the shit out and it's like, whoa, hey, let's, hey, let's all get along. Let's, but, you know, here's my question is like whenever I see a white supremacist or I see those people with the tiki torches you know, we will not be replaced, you know, uh-huh. you know, in Charlottesville. I, I literally have to ask the question, what are you missing out on? What, yeah. what, what doors aren't being opened for you? What, yeah. how, <laughs> is, is, is it really that much of an imposition to kind of, to, to envision a plurality of some kind? I think that's what uh-huh. it's really about is that it's, I don't know what that feeling's like. You know, I've never been part of the majority, but to kind of like, to kind of, I guess the only way I could put it is like all of a sudden, you know, like the, the idea of political correctness, you know, I can't be homophobic anymore. I can't be racist anymore. and can't be, you know, I have a friend who works in uh, Delta in uh, for Delta Airlines in Atlanta. Atlanta is the corporate hub of the South. Everybody yeah. goes there. And part of their corporate training for the first six weeks is to de-South you. Yeah. Um. <laughs> to teach you how to, talk amongst grown-ups. You can't say this. Right. You can't act like that. You know, black people exist. Gay people exist. Trans people are a thing. It's kind of, and, and, and it's serious. And you have to check the T's and dot the I's with human resources that you've taken these sensitivity courses so that when you are sued for harassment, they, the, 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 um, the company isn't culpable. They can it's say like, we well, got them. No, we gave them a seminar. We, you yeah. know, he got the memo. Wow. And by the way, you can say whatever the fuck you want. You can still say whatever you want. If there are consequences, then that's just the, that is you revealing yourself as trash and the world treating you. And people responding accordingly. Yeah. 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 You can't. It's your teachable moment. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And getting your book deal taken away and and then immediately picked up by a different. uh, That was Orwellian. It was Orwellian. Orwellian. Oh, fucking dude. Let, let us be free. Oh, God. Yeah, I, I, I can't wait to see what the world holds for us. I am having a very delayed emotional reaction to all of this. I was obviously, yeah. like, uh, intellectually so relieved and so, so happy for all of the proceedings this week. But I have yet, I think it is just a, 
a cloud of PTSD, this this fog that it will take all of us some time to emerge we're from. We're still in it. Still I mean, in. I don't I don't know when I'm going to be vaccinated. I don't know when I'm going to be able to enter the world again. I've been working, you know, I've been masked and tested countless times. That feels Orwellian. That feels weird. Yeah, um, some dystopic but, shit. Yes, it's, it's you know, going to Dodger Stadium and waiting in that line and seeing uh-huh. all the people in the hazmat suits yeah. to hand me a, a cotton swab to hork on. It's just, it's the weirdest position to, to find yourself in. But it's like, we're still in it. I mean, I was watching the Capitol and people entering the Capitol and some small part of me felt like this is like in Fatal Attraction where Glenn Close pops up out of the tub. She's still alive. Like yeah. I fully expected Trump to just pop out at any moment. And yeah, because there's a non-zero chance that he would. Well, his speech when he left, he said, we'll be back. Yeah, in some form. In some, <laughs> he'll be one of those Slimer ghosts that looks like the Mucinex guy from Ghostbusters. In some form, it's going to be like um, Sigourney Weaver trying to get away on the ship and um, yeah. take some coffee, and then he pops out and fucking hell. Yeah, it's I, it, for me right now. It is I, I'm melancholy today, and I think I figured it out that it's like you know we we it's we turned the calendar page, okay. and now it's a new year, mm-hmm. and you know, and a vaccine is on the way, and it's it's hazy, but there's a finish line. Out there, right. and then yesterday we turned the the political page, and we're onto a new administration, and that's terrific. And there's this great sense of like of of newness, and and yes. and yet I still can't hug a friend. You know, I can't really oh, leave my LA after. You know dang. what I mean? I can't leave my house. Like all of the shit is still there, but it's yeah. like, but I'm still essentially grounded, and, uh, and I don't know when I won't be. You're so... so it's, I'm getting a little right whiplash. I'm very attracted to you, Dave Holmes, right now in this moment. I just want to... I put it out there. Yeah, hey, wanna, he's a sweetie. Take a nap There's no way around it. Until spring. <laughs> well, I'm... I am... Uh, I am... <laughs> circumcised i'm afraid oh, um but that's how i feel i, I feel like i'm I, I have emotional whiplash at the moment huh because of you that know? melancholy is do you yeah, have a, it's just do you have a friend group do you back. have pe- people in your bubble in your pod yeah we do have a bubble yeah but yeah. we but we you know we stay distant from another we haven't been under a roof together mm-hmm. and when we're outside we're you know we're Six feet away. It's weird. Like, like I was thinking, thing. we're talking with somebody about Casita del Campo. Remember going to see a base, going to a show in the oh, basement of a restaurant. Yeah, would imagine. Audience, where it's so you're packed in so closely, you're touching. And do you remember like birthday cake? Somebody would get a birthday cake. We'd all sing yeah. over it. They would blow on it and then yes. serve it to us. I mean, those things yes. seem like radical now. Like, like I passed by a payphone the other day. Can you imagine we used to use those? Used to, I used to touch a payphone and put your mouth up to it. Yeah, yeah we, we really rolled the dice with our own health <laughs> all the fucking time. Well, we had immune systems. We had, yeah. we had but these, 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 these plagues, these things, are, it's all environmental. That's the thing that needs to be addressed. You know, yeah. these animals that we're being exposed to, we're not supposed to be exposed to, but because they have less and less habitat, we're coming into closer and closer contact with all the stuff that's supposed to just live in them. It's just, the virus was just supposed to stay in that bat or in yeah. that monkey or in, but because we got closer and closer to the habitat enough for somebody to get bitten or to get some guano in their, <laughs> yeah. in their soil and their food, it just spread so fast. I mean, this is like, did you, there was a science journal in the Times that said this is like, in terms of success, it's like one of the most successful viruses ever. It just wants to keep going. Mm-hmm. 
from person it's a to real person. Real go getter. Yeah, it is, and it just evolves and evolves, and and how close did it get to you guys? How do you know people who've had it? Yes, yes. No one who yeah. I don't know anyone who has gotten super sick, but I know people who, who tested positive and then came out the other side. Mm. I've known people who tested positive. I've known people who've gotten sick, and I've had people who've lost parents. Yeah, same. You yeah, have a, a couple good friends who have been sick for months. There are a couple, and they both have just you know they've been they've been sick for a while. Yeah, they I've both got that, that like that. There's some people who just that, get it, and then they're just chronically sick. Like that long haul. Um, all of my nieces, not all, but most of my nieces and nephews have gotten it, and but they're young and healthy, and they you know sneezed for a couple of days, and then they were fine. But yeah, I've been. Well, it was great talking with you guys. No, uh, so <laughs> what a, what a treat. It is a real snappy surprise. A lot of spiritual <laughs> uplift. <laughs> it's that kind of time. Alec, I do want to know what you are watching in quarantine. Everything. Um, I watch Bridgerton, which um, is just fucking. It's just interracial fucking. Which, as it turns out, is really what the world needed. It's what the world needs now is love, sweet love, and interracial fucking. I was late to the Game of Thrones party. My husband and I just started watching it two weeks ago. We're almost done with season three. Are you wow. Game of Throners? No, I was in that completely. What? Yeah. No. No. Not, no. I am. Uh, it's all been spoiled. Uh, um. But but uh, yeah, I like I had for work. I had to kind of be like savvy. You know. Yeah, I had to be able to like speak it like I'm. You know. A tourist in France. Like I had to kind of a little bit know who everyone was. So I know everything that has happened. Um, I, I'm not the audience for that show at all. And I'm digging it. I'm having a lot of fun because it's gory. And yeah. uh, there's, there's a lot of nudity. Um, it's about the male gaze. There's not as much peen as I'd like to see. In season yeah. one, there were a couple of full frontal scenes that were very generous um, I don't know anybody's name. So the guy with the big dick, we call him eyes wide apart, big, big dick. There's a, there, there's a bodyguard with really bad skin, a burnt part of his face. Um, and so we call him pork chop from season one. Um, sure. <laughs> I don't know anybody's Great. names, but I, I'm enjoying the show. Um, I turned my husband on to Downton Abbey. He'd never seen that before. Oh. But we watched all of that from beginning to end. You're digging into some some modern classics. Uh, yeah, yeah. What else did we watch? We watched. Oh, there was a Ridley Scott um, show called Raised by Wolves. Oh yeah, we raised by um, AI on another planet. That was um, really really terrific. We uh, got distracted. I think about two thirds of the way through the season. Mm. But we sounds like we should go back in. Mm-hmm. I may destroy you. One of the best things I've wow. ever seen. Um, but when something's really good, I will literally binge it. And then I, I'm like, I'm, I'm, afterwards, I'm like, what do I do now? I don't know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. still have like four more seasons of, of Game of Thrones, but I'm already dreading the end. And yeah, it sounds like you're making the, some what, serious progress on that. Mm-hmm. 
making headway. Mm-hmm. What is not male gazy? Where are you getting? Bridgerton. Okay. Bridgerton. It's all female writers and directors, and it's Shonda Rhimes. So there's a lot of um, longing gazes at abs, at nipples, yeah. at legs, at buttocks, in a very kind mm-hmm. of loose, romantic way. Okay, and I'm in. Are we getting any queer representation in there, or not yet? There is. Um, there's an. Uh, there's a. There's a, a character who's obviously a lesbian, but so far it's been presented in a very kind of fried green tomatoes kind of way. Like oh, okay. she doesn't want to be married. She doesn't have the interests that the other ladies have. The idea of going to a ball and swanning about is beneath her. She's an right, intellectual. Sure, sure. The mind of her own. Interests of my own, you know, it's she's that character, yeah, and yeah, also yeah. she has a very unfortunate haircut. So you're like, mm, that's the dyke. So, um, yeah, oh, uh, a weird segue, uh, Fran Lebowitz. I just finished watching that oh, on yeah. Netflix. Um, pretend it's a city, absolutely fantastic. Loved it, loved yeah, it. So loved, loved I have it. noticed on Twitter that there seems to be in gay Twitter circles, especially like almost a Fran Lebowitz backlash, which to me is shocking. That now the the hot hot take seems to be like, turns out Fran Lebowitz isn't actually as interesting as she thinks she is. And I'm like, I disagree that the the whole premise of the show is like, do you want to hang out with her for seven episodes? Yeah. I do. You don't have to. And I'm like, how could somebody who work at, I heard she was transphobic, but you know, she worked at, she worked at Interview Magazine for nearly 10 years was completely nocturnal, went to every single gay club, yeah. every single night, every single drag ball. She's in so fucking Paris is Burning. Bad. Yeah. I yeah. I, I will say the first couple of episodes, I did say, like, I love her and I have always loved her. And it just, it does feel like you're, you know, you're having dinner with your most interesting friend. Mm-hmm. However, a lot of the observations in the first couple episodes i.e., you know, don't look at your phone while you're walking and all that kind of thing. It's not groundbreaking, yeah. but it is It is the force of her personality yeah. Yeah. and just her whole entire thing. You either buy it or you don't. I think, but I think um, that's the way of all flesh. I mean, we're all going to be curmudgeons. You know, we're all going to wake up one morning surrounded by a generation that doesn't do the things that we want to do. I don't understand yeah. your music, your clothes, your way of life, your technology. I mean, uh-huh. it's like what we're doing right now with the Zoom. This is new to me. I couldn't imagine myself doing this a year ago. I'm still figuring it out. But I think we'll, we'll all reach an age where you're just going to wake up and go, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Yeah. I don't want to do it. Hologram conversation. Yeah, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. A weekend yeah. on the moon. I, I, I don't understand you kids. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I'm, it sounds uh, like I'm, I'm loving her. Your, your son is 16 and we were talking about him earlier. And it sounds like you have not reached an age. You have not reached that point with him that I imagine myself reaching if I had a teenager of being like, what the hell are these things that well, you're in? You, you know, know what? I, you know, and this is going to sound boastful, but it's the truth. I find my, I find my son very interesting. <laughs> He's a musician. He is a composer. He is He's deadpan funny. Like, I'm Jerry Lewis funny, stupid, like, and he will deliver a punchline with absolutely no expression and have me on the floor rolling around. And he's so fucking funny. And I'm so, I'm so excited about the person that he's becoming. You know, I'm really, really proud of him. And also this generation of kids, they don't care about the stuff that we, I mean, you know, the queer kids today, they're militant. 
they expect to be treated with respect. I was, I felt so humiliated and full of self-loathing the entire time. And the kids are like, this is my pronoun. Fuck you. You know, it's, uh-huh. there's a sense of, there's a different sense in the air. They're not, did, did you see, do you see that thing in the times about like the kids on TikTok who fake being gay? No, no. So there's all these heartthrobs, 16 year old boys, and they're just the hottest boys you've ever seen teenagers. And they play games of gay chicken on TikTok where they're about to kiss and then they just push uh, the sure, away. Sure, sure. Or they'll feign gayness or sexuality. And that, that um, builds them even more followers. Like another 100,000 yeah. teenage girls will pile onto their feed in order to start that. There's a group of black boys who do it who are very androgynous looking. They're like all 16 years old. And then there's a certain group of TikToker white boys who are super cute and all of them do it. It's a trend. Like they don't have any of the homosexual panic that straight right. men of 20 years ago had. Right, but there, there, instead there's actually some cachet to it and it's actually, It actually you know, makes you hip. It actually makes yeah. you, you know, whatever. So but it remains to be seen. But I, I really, I, I, I think my kid is really, really interesting. And I, I, it's, a, it's a window into what the next generation is thinking and feeling, you know? And I like that you like what you see through that window. Yeah. It could very easily. Yeah. And also, the other way. I'm not a big hip hop person. He loves hip hop. And because it's, we have poker night every Friday and he DJs for our poker night. That's, that's the dad's time together. You know, we all like play poker. We all play for prizes. You know, there's, there's a like, you know, it's junk food. We all like have like Funyuns and oh, cute. worms and everything for each round. So you could, your pot gets bigger and bigger. So he DJs for that. And I hear artists that I've never heard before. And I love it. He's, it's interesting. He's, op- he's opening new vistas for me, this next generation. What, what do you listen to? Um, old people stuff. <laughs> yeah, like define old people stuff in twenty eighties. Um, a lot of eighties stuff. A lot of old Madonna. A Great lot day. of uh, uh, Shirley Bassey. Oh, uh, Babs Streisand. I like I like gay pop now. That's so queer. All the Taylor Swift, Ariana Grande um, stuff. Um, we were talking about you on the podcast today. About your your VJ dumb your oh yeah uh, yeah because you were on after that kid who won the contest yes I was yeah what was his name Jesse Camp whatever happened to him uh he's is he alive I, I, I he is alive yeah okay. it's hard to get a get a sense for where he is yes um we we communicate once in a blue moon and I'm okay. never I'm never sure what's a joke and what I remember being very excited for you. Well, thanks. That must have been a Thank cool you. job. That was unreal. I was a finalist to be a VJ in the 90s in Singapore. Oh, the yeah? emerging market was in Singapore. And they wanted an Asian person who spoke like an American without an Asian accent to uh-huh. be the first VJ. And I was, I was, on, the, I was on the short list. I almost lived yeah? in Singapore Ooh. for a year. That's what my contract would have been. Wow. Do you, was that a disappointment? Um, I was excited about the travel and everything, but now looking back sure. at it, I was like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes not getting what you want is for the best. Did you ever host, um, um, what was it, uh, the live show in Times Square? No, TRL? Yeah. TRL? Yeah. I oh, love yeah. that show. Lots I'm of Tomo. times. I'm from San Francisco. 
Uh, yeah. I'm sync. I and I'm in love with in sync. Woo! Yeah, you right. always had to scream. Yeah, uh, yeah, I did, and it was. It's crazy to look back on that now because there's no. I'm I'm amazed that I did not have a panic attack live on. Really? Why? Just because. Um, why am I surprised or no, why, why did I not have a panic Was it a scary situation to be surrounded yeah, by? Yeah, I mean, it's super high. Like now looking back on it, yes, it's very high stress. It's live. It's there are, you know, a bajillion people watching. Luckily, it was a time before YouTube. So, so two things. A, if you did fuck up, that was part of the charm because it was all live and it's loose right, and it's MTV right. and it's fun. But, uh, but then also, you know, if you did something dumb, it didn't come back to haunt you an hour later with, you know, 2 million extra views on YouTube or, you know, so I, I didn't yeah, have that to think I, about, but I think, I think if you said to me right now, go beyond live television for, for teenagers yes, but now you for know an what hour. You're afraid of, you know what the hazards yeah. are. It's a, le- it's, right. it's, a, it's a, a minefield now. Yeah. Uh, I've had, like, I don't think it's ever coming back, that kind of format. It's one, no. you can watch a video anytime you want. But yeah. I thought it was exciting, and it turned, like, Times Square. All the kids are down on the pavement. and Absolutely. Yeah, it was, it was insane. And it's, you know, um, I think I was a little bit in shock for most of it. How long did you do that for? Five years. <gasps> it's a long time. And I think four and a half of them, I was just, like, I, I just couldn't, my brain couldn't process it. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was, of course it was great, but yeah, it's, it's totally wild. And now when things do pop up on YouTube uh, and somebody will send me something that I did, like on New Year's Eve, a, a colleague of mine was like, here's MTV's 2000 New Year's Eve that I was one of the hosts of. And I was like, okay, I'll watch this for a second. And I was like, I don't remember any of this. This wow. like nothing rings a bell. It, it truly is like somebody else took over my body for a while. What were some of the highlights? From that? Now, who were the guests in 2000? But um, highlights, uh, well, I couldn't watch for very long because, again, self-conscious. Um, I, I will say fully um, Carson Daly is in like a big boxy suit and it, they've fully styled him like Kim Jong-il. Um, <laughs> I'm just kind of in a suit. I'm out in Times Square with Blink-182. I didn't get this far, but at midnight in on 2000, I was with Billy Joe McIntyre. Billy Joel Armstrong from Green Day. From Green Day, how exciting. Who I had a little crush on. Oh, yeah, um, why not? And at midnight, he grabbed me and dipped me and just fully French kissed me. Like, tongue and everything. It was a whole moment. No cameras caught it. Oh, come on. I was on. super disappointed. But wait. But uh, wait, it's a memory that he and I will share, if no, he remembers it, which wait, I'm sure he doesn't. Wait, no, stop. I'm going to stop you. Yeah. No cameras were running he dipped you no cameras were running but i just we were they were on the crowd and he tongued you and then that was it that was was it any never said another word the old sex addict in me is coming out because i want to know like yeah i would have like wanted a follow-up i would have been like what are we doing we're gonna do this or not yeah same but yeah i i was too i i think i was just too locked up to to close the deal and and i think it was it wasn't a sex thing it was like a it was an early version of a tiktok gay chicken Right. That's right. That was there you go. That he was—he's just you know—he's—he's he's just a, a a freaky young boy. And but he has come out as queer since then. I think as yeah. He, even before he was—he mm-hmm. was openly bi. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't—I I didn't get like an interest vibe from it. I got like a shock value vibe. From who was who? Who were you starstruck by in the times um, you get to do that show? Joe Strummer from The Clash, Liz mm-hmm. Fair, mm-hmm. um, Tori Amos. Mm-hmm. who, when she looks into your eyes, 
it is as though she is peering deep down inside deep of you. Deep into your soul. Deep into your soul. She's a, about to a, walk a, right through you like Carol Ann walks through Joe Beth Williams and Poltergeist. Yeah, that is exactly right. Yeah, she's she's got a good witch vibe, but a powerful wow. witch vibe. Um, and and then everybody else was kind of children. Like I, I found that um, <laughs> uh, the you know it was it was a lot of younger you know the the it was the teen the, yes. you know the Disney kids and the boy bands yeah. and whatever. And then when a big movie star would come in, they would always be so nice and gracious that you kind uh-huh. of immediately forgot that they were big right. movie stars. Right. Um, did you ever run into uh, Michelle Pfeiffer on the street afterwards and like, hey, how's it going? Did. Just, yeah. did. I don't know if she ever came by. I will say Tom Cruise, we did a thing with him and he came in and fully changed the energy of the room and and was like, uh, he came into the room and our producer was like, hey, money. And then after he left, he was like, I called him money. I've literally never called anyone what? money. Like, oh, Why did I do that? <laughs> what happened? But he, uh, but he sat down. And we spoke and, and he did the Tom Cruise laugh at everything that he perceived to be a joke that was coming out of my mouth. Yes. And at the end of it, I was like, I'm good friends with Tom Cruise. Like we are going to stay in touch. Like it, it's, he makes you feel as though like you've broken through in some way. And I was like, this is, I wonder where we're going to have dinner tonight because I'm definitely going to have dinner tonight. We are so tight. We are so close. And then, and then the camera goes off and he's just gone. Like not in a bad way, but it's just like, he's off to dazzle. Yeah. He's off to make somebody else feel that way. He leaves a trail of people going, I thought we were friends all over the world. But I I couldn't even be mad about it. It's just like, that's his job. And he does it very well. In charge of the um, uh, 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 press junkets, you know, where the, you know, like in uh, Notting Hill, where one person Mm -hmm. comes in after the other. So she would literally sit with the celebrities all day and give the journalist five, four, three, two, one, you're out. And she said the nicest person she was ever with was, and could she did never wanted the day to end was um, uh, Sandra Bullock. I bet that's true. That tracks. I bet that's tracks. Yeah. Who have you been starstruck by, Alec Mappa? Uh, Sting. I met Sting mm-hmm. at a party for him when he was doing Three Penny Opera on Broadway okay. when I was in yeah. Ant Butterfly. And nice. I went up to him and I said, welcome to Broadway. And then I just, all of me yeah. shattered into a million pieces. And I just wanted to turn into dust and just be blown off. off but off. you were meeting him as a peer, you know, you weren't just some fan. I, you know what It happened? I approached him like a peer. And then all of a sudden I realized as I opened my mouth that I'm nobody. And I, I just felt so foolish. But that was that was really really exciting to see. He was taller than I expected, even better looking than I expected, and just kind of like his whole vibe was, um, he's in the building. Sting is here. Nothing yeah. else matters. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Here's what I want to ask you about. Uh, I mean, your resume is very long. Obviously, long. you were a seasoned pro, but <laughs> you were in Marley and Me. Yes. Do you have any Jennifer Aniston memories? I had no scenes with Jennifer Aniston. I was with Owen Wilson. Oh, shit. And, and McSteamy. I had a scene with them on the beach. Oh. I do remember that I got to stay in Miami for an entire week because we had one shoot day, but there was rain that week, so they wanted like us to stay just in case. So I got a free stay in Miami. I stayed at the Ritz Hotel. Um, Owen Wilson had just uh, uh, tried, had, had a failed suicide attempt. Oh, God. Right before the movie. So I remember feeling very bad about having to yell at him. <laughs> Fragile. 
but he seemed fine. And then back in the days, uh, that movie was released at a time where they still showed movies on planes, like one movie for the entire plane instead of your whole entertainment system. So that movie showed, and then immediately as the lights came up, everybody was sniffling. Everybody was like, oh, oh of course. That's a, a cruel thing to do to your passengers. <laughs> at 30,000 feet. Yeah. yeah. I am more prone to cry at a movie on an airplane than I am on My husband the ground. just brought a gigantic dildo into the room. Oh. Okay, let's see. <laughs> okay, so I hosted the Gay Porn Awards last week, the Gay VNs, and um, every time I go over it. there, I don't know if you got a chance to do this, Dave Holmes, there's a big yep. sex toy closet that they let you in, and they say, just get whatever you want. They didn't let me in. So last time I was there, there was a, a gigantic dragon dildo, and I was like, I, 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 I should have gotten it. And I always regretted that I didn't, but I got it this time. Holy oh God. Yes. Listener, this is, this is Satan's dick it's that Satan's we're dick. looking at right it now. It is Satan's, it's Satan's penis. And it, it is, is but it's not ribbed even for your it's, destruction. Yeah, yeah. You will, um, yeah, this is internal injuries is what this yeah. is. Yeah. So yeah, I, and it, I keep it now. Um, I think I'm going to keep it in the living room. <laughs> you can put your bracelets on it. You can make it a little jewelry stand out of it. I'm going to use it as a lawn jockey in case anybody kind of uh, pulls up on a horse and wants to tie yeah, off. Actually, something. no, forget bracelets. That's necklaces. That's a necklace stand. That's, that's, um, yeah. Can you imagine? Uh, so how? Can you imagine? No. That, I, I Just to give the listeners the size of this – I'm imagining if, if you wrap both hands around that, you're still not going to, our, our, finger, our fingers are touching. Okay, fingers okay. are touching. I, I'm able to but, intertwine my fingers, but uh, my hands are wrapped around it. But I, can, I have two hands around the length. Yeah. And, and my yeah. single hand won't go around the circumference of it. No, no. That'll yeah, kill you. So that will kill you. And by the way, it's already uh, blood red. And blood so red. But you know what? The, the frightening thing is, is there are bigger ones than this. Why? Far bigger. Why? Why? And because they made this, there's probably more. There's probably a bunch of people who could actually kind of, anyway. Use I accept that this, I accept this award with humility and grace. There's, there's so many people to thank. Uh, oh, it's so gorgeous. I'd like to thank my team. They really stuck by me. And, <laughs> and if this, uh, yeah, so how, if this does make an appearance in your living room, is when your son walks through, is it just like, oh God, my uh, He's another? Like, we're so we're we're how how teenagers treat their parents in sitcoms. It's real. Yeah. It's absolutely real. There's nothing exaggerated about it. We are the most boring, ridiculous people he's ever met. Like when he was a little boy, he worshipped me. He was my shadow. And then overnight, I literally turned into the village idiot. I don't know anything. And that's youth. That's being a teenager. And you know this, Dave Paul, yeah. working MTV. Absolutely. That age where you're young enough to believe that you invented music, art, and dance, and fucking. Mm -hmm. And anybody not this age, you're too old to understand. You won't get it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he's he receptive. not interested or shocked by anything. And when you do in introduce him to art, music, movies, TV mm -hmm. shows, anything, is he receptive? Is he getting a good, like, gay education? Yes, because um, we were talking about theater, you know, the olden days, theater. Um, and he was talking about how uh, he was out with friends one time who were misbehaving. And he said they were just a really bad audience. I mean, I know how to watch a play. There you go. That, good that boy. That made me feel, I was like, oh. He goes, I know yes. how to watch a play. I know how to, 
I know how to watch a live performance. I know to put my phone away. I know to, you know, I know to be courteous. That to me, the, those things, you know. Um, You've done your job parenting. well. Yeah, he eats a steak like I do. He um, puts the fork in, does the knife across, takes the fork well that was holding in the steak, puts it around. He doesn't transfer utensils. Oh, yeah, that's a right-handed, I don't yeah, transfer yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good um, boy, wow. Tell me how the Gavians were this year. Um, Gifting sweet aside. Live from beautiful downtown Chatsworth, it's the Gavian Awards. Oh, that's um, right. You can't do Vegas this year, can you? Yeah, we did, uh, we did, uh, the Vegas trip was always my favorite part of the trip, going to. That was fun. Um, and also seeing the, um, the, uh, the porn stars who are like drunk golden retrievers. They're just, they're just imagine the friendliest, happiest little gambling golden retriever and, and give him half a bottle of vodka. And that's what a gay porn star is. They're just, they're just their own thing. And um, I also loved uh, having people get their moment on stage, you yeah. know, and uh, people getting the award for best bottom and being moved to tears. You know, it's their moment. It's their night. um, It's that's always fun to witness. And then also it's it's also a huge industry. It is a big money making industry internationally. And it's all made right here in Chatsworth, USA. Uh It's all all made in the valley. So was there did you do it in person? So I did it in person. We I was in front of a green screen. Uh-huh. like MTV. And um, we had uh, a Zoom acceptance speeches. We had Zoom um, presenters. So we did it. It wasn't as much fun. The trophy boys were there in person and they, they were they were sweet. They were very cute. One of them was 19 years old. I was like, wow. 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 Yeah. yeah. Oh, my. Yeah, there was one last year. So last year... I was a I was a podium banter writer for he last year's He was the poet Gavians. laureate of the game. I was the poet the porn laureate, and uh, and there was a trophy boy who who was on the younger side, but who looked much more on the younger side. Yeah, he looked and, like he was thirteen years old. Riley, he really looked Riley Finch. Okay, yeah, I was I was concerned. I wanted to get his mom on the phone. Yes, and he had like a, he had like a young name. He was like Riley. Well, that's a leprechaun's name, and Finch is like this, uh, you know, a little bird, and that's exactly what he looked like. He looked like a cross between a little bird and a leprechaun. Yeah, yeah, there, yeah. yeah. I, I felt strange being around him. Yeah. But this is uh, this was Greece. modeled after him after uh, <laughs> cast. Good for you. Good for you, Riley. Riley um, Finch. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's it's it's, it's a wild event. It's it, oddly heartwarming. But the party, the party in, in Vegas is really, really fun because like the fans get to mix with the porn stars and it's, it's funny seeing like the fans go up and greet the porn stars like they're a little kid and they're meeting Minnie Mouse or a Disney princess. At Disney. Yeah. You know, that's, they're just kind of like, ah, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a strange thing. It must be a strange thing to be... Uh, to be famous in that way, to really have those intimate moments mm-hmm. on camera, mm-hmm. being watched by people having their own private intimate moments, mm-hmm. it, it it must engender a feeling of like of intimacy that is strictly a one way street. Right. I I always think a, a disconnect must be yeah. necessary in order to do that sort of thing. But I think that's really looking at it through my lens and my understanding of these things. A lot of the porn stars are really diehard exhibitionists. They love being watched, and they're good. They at were it. 
born to do this in yeah, many ways. They're good at it. They have that. They like. I'm always. Crushed. I'm always curious what the the sort of shelf life is for them. I know that there is work for older porn performers, <laughs> but I but it's I, I gotta imagine a pretty limited uh, you know number of opportunities. You have to reinvent yourself, like Jodie you Foster. Have to, you have to go from ingenue to matriarch. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, 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 and you have to get behind the camera. Yeah, or you have to own it. It's the you only have to start producing your own work. Yeah. Or you know, a, a luxury that the the gay male uh, porn performer has is to enter his daddy years. And they they all have OnlyFans. All of them. They all have an OnlyFans channel. Right. Uh, yeah. That's that, that that's sense. the bread and butter for a lot of them. Yeah. Don't leave money here? on the table. This is all my husband's fault for bringing in this dildo. That's that's how this conversation entered. I mean, by the way, it will, he it will like Tom Cruise, change. We started the off so world. lofty talking about democracy and a hope for mm-hmm. a new tomorrow, and it's 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 digressed into dildo talk. And the joy on your face before the, the dildo actually flew into frame, I, uh, the way you lit up, I was like, oh, here comes the puppy, here comes the dog, uh, or a baby, or a something. It's a giant it dildo. A dildo. It's a giant dong. But you know what? It's it <laughs> he brought that in to shock me, to throw me off my game. But I was like, no, I'm going to incorporate it. I'm I'm a yes and performer. That's right. That's, that's right. You first are an improv. improviser. A true conversation piece. Um, well, Alec, thank you so much for doing this. this is- <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we have nowhere to go from there. <laughs> Honestly, I can't imagine a better closer, truly. <laughs> But no, I, I have to say, you know, we've been doing this for three years and your name has come up multiple times. We've been like, oh, yeah, we've had Alec on. Obviously, Alec was on at the beginning, who, of course. And then we'll have to remind ourselves, like, no, he hasn't been such an oversight. And it feels like you are such a, a I mean, you're such a vital part of the community that you should have been like week one. But better late than never. Yeah, I can't believe it hasn't happened. Dave, you look but it all finally did. I do, yeah, because I could have sworn. No, but I think it's I, just because you're. You know, well, listen, you'll both be on my show shortly, okay? My my listen. podcast. You guys will love Things it. Come through. Any stigma time. out of talking about mental health and meds and, and all that fun stuff. That's my jam. Yeah. Uh, you it. are the sweetest. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for having me. Stay safe. All right, let's go drink. Bye. Bye. Well, Matt, we've come to the end of another episode. Dave, 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 Dave. Thank you for being here with me, giving me a reason to live. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for reviewing us on Apple Podcasts with five stars only, of course. Thank you to Renee Colvert with a T. Mm-hmm. Our, our producer, thank you to Ryan Connor, our engineer. Thank you to everybody at Earwolf. Uh-huh. Thank um, you, Ben Wise, for the music. Yes. And thank you, listener, for listening. Uh, tell a friend. Leave a review. We love you. Yeah.